Good day, good evening, good afternoon, and good morning, wherever you are. Welcome to another exciting episode of Real Tennis Fans Podcast. No Harry Potter, no magic, no spells, no Voldemort today. We have an exciting episode talking about the tennis that is even happening during quarantine here at the U.S. Open. But before I go any further, let me introduce my co-hostesses with the mostesses. We have Andrine from Soli Tennis Travel. How are you doing? Good. How are you all? Mm, I'm a little suspicious. Are you okay? Are you alive? Are you under duress? <laughs> <laughs> Have you been kidnapped during this quarantine? <laughs> yeah. I am actually doing what I do, but limited travel. I have traveled out of California, out of Los Angeles. Stop, stop. We're not trying to hear you you living your best life during this quarantine. (laughs) It's a car trip. It's a car trip. (laughs) Mm. I bet she's in the Hollywood Hills or Beverly Hills or someplace like that. I don't even know. I'm in someplace (laughs) called Yucca Valley, which I guess the only thing that's close to Yucca Valley is um, Joshua Tree. So, um, so I'll probably check that out a little bit later. But yeah, just a change of scenery to to tell people and tell myself that I'm actually on vacation, so that they <laughs> should not email me or do anything. <laughs> like so they don't trust you, for you Californians out there. Y'all Wait, like, isn't 125 degrees there? Yeah, exactly. It is. You know what's so funny? I am ruthless about my mask. I mean, I think we went to, we went someplace last night and someone was talking to my sister and I leaned over to my sister and said, put your mask back on because this woman is coming to talk to you and we're just waiting for food, but she's not, <laughs> not putting her mask on. So I said, put your mask on. And I had oh, my yeah. mask on the whole time. Good <laughs> job. I'm proud of you, Andrea. Exactly. Good girl. Just stay hydrated and all of the heat. Because y'all are having like apocalyptic heat. The hell is going to happen in California. Going on. Listen, I saw. I don't. Listen, it's it's already 100 degrees and it's still early in the day. So, yeah, I don't know what's going on with us. And we have Janina from far in Ohio, where I believe it's the it's about to be a flood over there, right? Well, it's certainly not 100 degrees. It's cool. I have pants on. I could wear a sweatshirt easily outside and it's about to rain. So, yeah, not typical uh, Labor Day weather weekends, young, fun stuff. But hopefully, you know, it clears up and I eat all the good food. And I split the difference where I have, like, cool temperatures and no rain. But if it's raining in Ohio, which means by the end of the week, it'll be raining in New York City. That's right. I send you all the love. (laughs) But... We have a guest today has been the feature for all of our uh, most recent tennis podcasts. We have Karen Pestina from Tennis Panorama. How are you doing, Karen? Okay, trying to cover the U.S. Open from afar. <laughs> well, not that far. I live really less than 20 miles away from the actual site, but still it's afar. I mean, look, even if you're in Nassau County, you're still a million miles away for the tennis players. So, I mean, even when they're there, they're not there. So, you can be, it doesn't matter. You can still cover the tennis. How is it? You can still cover the tennis. How is it for you covering this? It's global very pandemic? strange. It's very strange because all of the news conferences, everything is virtual. All the news conferences are Zoom calls. Uh, you put in interview requests. Um, sometimes you get them, sometimes you don't. But of course, me being a website, I would be the last priority to get a one-on-one with somebody. But um, usually under normal circumstances, if I'm there, 
um, and put in interview requests for maybe lesser known players, I would get the one on ones. But now it's just too that just too many. They can't do it. They, you know, they have the to have the yeah the logistics. You cannot do it. So you have the you know, regular news conferences and you have passcodes galore to get into each one into actually into the actual virtual site to get into everything. Um, and once you get in, um, uh, people try to ask questions, but they basically, the folks who are, who are the moderators pick the people to ask questions, which means that if you're a, an outlet like mine, you're probably not going to get picked. <laughs> like no, if, it's, no. if it's a big news call, if it's a big player, like a Djokovic or something like that. So Karen, talk about what that, like, what does that literally look like? So you have, do you have a, a passcode that you have to request to be in on every single press conference or is it automatically sent to you? Are you picked before to ask your question before it even starts? Or is it kind of everybody's on video and you're raising your hand? What does it actually look like? Okay, first off, uh, you have to be, go through this whole approval process uh, to cover the U.S. Open. The normal, the, the, the um, uh, application came out back in April. And then when we found it was going to be virtual, it sent us an email, whether you're approved or not. Now, uh, a week before or two weeks before the U.S. Open actually begins, they let us know how things are going to work. And everyone gets their own specific passcode to get into what's called the virtual media center. Now, within that media center, it has links into the different interview rooms. And you could have at one point Djokovic in and in interview one, say Serena in two, not that that would happen, or uh, Schwartzman in three or something. And there are different links for that. But you still have a passcode to get into um, uh, certain interview rooms. So Once you get to go wherever you want. Uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. And uh, they alert us to who's coming into the various interview rooms by a uh, list that's via WhatsApp. Oh, wow. um, so I'm, I'm getting constant messages saying, okay, interview room at four o'clock, Djokovic, interview room two at this is this, interview room three coming up and whatever is this kind of messages, which is very helpful, let me tell you. Um, so the question is, um, I've heard that there are some media on site. Is that true? Yes, there are filming. Yeah, there are uh, there are some media on site, very few, of course. ESPN, they are the broadcast rights holders. Therefore, they would be on site anyway. But there are a couple others, local. I don't know who they are exactly. But one person that I do know who is there is the person who's the main person who covers tennis for the Associated Press. Um, yes. So, you know, because I've seen him in the... Uh, "Quote unquote uh, interview room." Uh, since where all of the uh, interviews are being done via Zoom, you can see who's in the you know who's in the uh, asking questions and whatnot, so everybody can see each other. Um, so I, I can see who's actually in the media center because I, oh, someone's in there with their desk there. Oh, I know who that is. <laughs> but then you go into the meeting and if you want to ask a question and you virtually raise your hand, go into the chat, say, you know, basically uh, what you want to ask in what language, because, you know, there's some players speak multiple languages. 
Uh, and um, also there's a feature where you can go into the virtual news conference just through video only in which you can ask a question in one of the boxes they have on the side. Um, okay. You can do it either way. Um, and then you get you get called on if you get called on. Um, and then you can ask your question. Of course, news conferences in general don't are usually not longer than 15 minutes. So do we have a situation where this actually looks like a press conference in other sports where you're identifying yourself? Well, you know what? When you log in, you have to identify yourself not only with your password, but with your name and type in your affiliation. So they know that when you're asking a question, whether it's uh, via the Zoom or the other way, which you can type your question in, your actual name and place that you're uh, writing for or therefore will come up. But they also tell you to repeat your name and outlet too. Okay. But not but not everybody's doing that, but you can still see who it is because mm -hmm. they have to write, type it in, which is a nice change because yes. every other sport, I keep saying this to people, people, you know, because my background is news and I still do work in news, I'm so used to saying, hi, I'm Karen Christina for whoever. And I say this to people, every other sport does this. I don't understand why people can't do it. Yeah, and a lot of people will say to me in tennis now, I'm not identifying people telling me this thing. Well, when people say that, it's like they're showing off. I'm like, no, 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 no. Tennis None of y'all have a Pulitzer Prize, okay? For the most part, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I have awards, but not, but, uh, but yeah. press awards, but that's for mostly radio anyway. <laughs> so Karen... I feel like I'm hogging Karen. I'm sorry, but no, I'm gonna fine. I'm, I'm no, gonna no. hog her. <laughs> what I'm here for is what I'm here for. I want to know, I really, really want to know, like what is the temperature of the athletes in the press? Are people still asking questions? Because honestly, I haven't followed it nearly as closely as I would typically. I just my mood isn't there. But I really want to know. Are the press asking the athletes repeatedly and everyone about this day of pause we had in Cincinnati and how they feel about that or any of the Black Lives Matter stuff? Is anybody talking about that or has it been kind of pushed it's aside? Been, well, there have been a few questions about it earlier in the tournament and especially uh, the day after the pause in Cincinnati. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, definitely. A day after the pause in Cincinnati is where we got a lot of questions, but not so much now. Okay. Are the players susceptible? Are, are they open to talking about it, or are they being super careful? Uh no, they're talking about it. Um, they're open to talking about it, but um, but uh, some some you know they want they kind of cautious about it. So right. Yeah. And what about the um <laughs> this I, I can't even think what the PTPA? Oh, Are we talking yeah. about that at all? Is Noe oh, getting peppered yes. about this every yes. time? Uh, yeah. I feel like we we had this meeting, right? And and they they posted their picture and said we're doing this, but come to find out it's very early stages. But is, yeah. I mean, if I were there, I'd be asking every single male player, especially about this every single time. Are, are they talking about this? Oh, people have been asking. They haven't been asking with as much frequency lately because there's nothing really that's 
totally organized. You know, to be to be funny, when I heard it was PTPA, uh, I don't know if you guys watch ESPN college basketball, but uh, Dick Vitale, mm-hmm. he always calls primetime players PTPers. So every time I hear <laughs> PTPA, I say, Dickie Vitale, PTPers. Maybe <laughs> that's like, why it sounds so weird to me, because I do actually watch a lot of college basketball. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Do you have a a sense about it, though, in terms of like, yes, there's not much that's been decided, but is there a sense that there's there's some movement? At this point, people just want to know what it is and what they're trying to do. Um, I mean, people keep asking questions and people are like, well, I don't know all the information. And in fact, in um, I guess it was uh, Jennifer Brady's news conference today, she was asked about it. Well, I don't really know much about it. I don't know anything. You know, I can't really say. Um, and that's a, a response from a lot of people. And of mm-hmm. course, when this all came out and everything, um, I actually tweeted something out that <laughs> I am I'm quoting something from the movie Pootie Tang. I hate, can't say it. I'm saying it. Respect the women, respect the women. Yeah. Because I'm thinking to myself, wait a second, they're forming this. They're not even getting the women involved. And then later it said that it was, right? Later there was a response that said that the women were now being talked to. Yeah, after the fact, after the the fact they announced it and had their happy little uh, photo on the court, you know, those 60 some odd players that. You know that they were saying, yeah, we're we're starting. It's just that we need to know more about what they want to do. I mean, Djokovic says it's not a union, mm-hmm. uh, you know. But um, I mean, I guess they call themselves a player association. Um, you know, I'm all for unions and everything. I'm a member of three different ones actually. Um, but I guess people just want to know specifics about it. And I would like to actually hear an opinion from a union lawyer. I mean, I hear people talking about this, people who are communications people or PR people or whoever it is talking about it. But I'm like, no, I want to hear a union lawyer's perspective of this. That's what I'm waiting for. And when I see someone has one on their podcast, I will listen to them. (laughs) Fair enough. But again, but what would be but the issue, I guess, is that the union lawyer doesn't have much to respond to because they're not forthcoming with information if in fact there is, but we don't we're not even entirely sure whether it's a matter of that they're just not providing any information or they just don't have the answers to anyone's question. Because Mm -hmm. I mean, as much as I've heard, you know, Novak is back and forth that they didn't answer my call or whatever. It's like, but you didn't talk to them. Everyone has been saying, you know, we don't, we have questions and no one's providing answers. Vasek was providing some kind of answers. He was responding, but then you often get the feeling that Vasek is talking as Vasek. Vasek is talking about in in conjunction with anything because his answers never really line up with the actualities of anything. So, I mean, I too would love a union or their lawyer to say something Mm -hmm. because... I don't even think the ATP has any information. ATP doesn't even know what to do with this information. I know, it's true. And then when you had that uh, joint statement from 
the, what I call the alphabet soup, the WTA, the ATP, and the four majors. Right. Yeah, and all that, the alphabet soup of tennis. It's like, okay. <laughs> it's like, all right, whatever. But um, one thing, though, that's um, something to think about. Uh, you know, the players, they want more uh, of a share of the pie from the majors, which make a lot of money and all that. People need to think about all of these small tournaments that are probably not going to be back next year. Mm -hmm. I mean, the Masters events, they make money. They'll be back, okay? But what about on the ATP side, those 250s that maybe might not even make money? The 500s probably break even. Um, and as for the challenges the, are, uh, are going to be wiped out. <laughs> yes, exactly. Because who's going to want to sponsor it when they don't have any money to sponsor it? It's, well, it's we're going to have to wait to see what that picture is like. But can we talk? Let's talk about some of the issues that are currently happening at the U.S. Open right now, because obviously this one is just going to be an evolving picture. Yeah, we'll just have to wait and see, see what happens. <laughs> could we talk about? Could we? Could you clarify the distinction between what happened with Adrian Manorino? Um, and, um, and the Babos double with, Kiki, uh, oh, okay. Um, yeah. you give some clarity they, around that? Basically what happened there is that, okay. The player, ho the main bubble player hotel is in Nassau County. Okay. Now, um, Manorino, <laughs> okay. Manorino was on the, was basically on the grounds when all this hubbubaloo of him saying, oh, no, you can't play. Yes, he can play. Apparently, um, apparently the New York state government stepped in and, um, and said he could play. But only because at the time he was on the U.S. Open grounds, which is New York City, Queens. Now, the whole um, uh, Kiki Mladenovich babosh thing this was Nassau County interfering and saying, oh, no, this is a, this would be a violation of our, you know, quarantine or whatever. She's been exposed to somebody who uh, who has had it and whatnot. So she's supposed to be quarantined so she can't play. So it was basically two different entities. I know it's so messed up. The, the rules seem to change every day. I mean, would she have been able to play if she had been on site if both of them had been on site on site so they could have fallen under the the yeah, if, um, if they're the following if they're still following the rules that they did the day the day before with manorino yes but the problem, I, I think if i'm not mistaken they just couldn't leave the hotel at that yes, point yeah they couldn't they were they were couldn't. Because, I mean, right and they were already they had already played <laughs> yeah. right I so mean, when i think when um what's going to call it, Nassau County found out about the situation because I don't think the state government and the county government, so just for fans who are not in New York, so Queens is Queens County, but the boroughs um, is under like one umbrella, it's treated as one county as New York City County and Nassau County is on Long Island, which is right next to Queens. So the players are kept in Queens, as Karen pointed out, but they're playing in Queens County, which is New York City entity. So there are different roles and entity are happening there. The New York City mayor has no control in Nassau County. Yeah. So I think Kiki and Babosh were in Nassau County yes, they getting were ready of... to leave. Mm -hmm. And then they were told they couldn't leave the hotel at all. 
yes. they couldn't come outside because mm -hmm. they had been in contact with someone who was positive. Correct. Now, yep. from the statement that everyone is reading out, it's quite clear that they're getting the PCR test. That is the test that the U.S. Open is using, which by all accounts is not very accurate. So according to them, because I think Kiki has been tested 11 times, they said, and she kept coming up negative, and Babo should have been tested like four or five times. She came up negative, and all subsequent tests of um, Benoit had, were negative. So you have an issue where I think this is what the distinction, I think because for New York City and the state, they're not counting an actual negative test by PCR test standards, which is like the rapid test, I think. They're counting the actual pushing that swab up your nose, the, um, the, the I don't know what you call the distinction. Oh, I forget. You know? Nasal pharyngeal. Right. Yeah, yeah. That's what they're counting as a negative test. So you have to have two of those to actually have been clear. They're counting the positive okay. as a positive. So we are in the midst of taping, and I believe something has just happened to Novak Djokovic. Karen, do you have a sense uh, of what's uh, happening? Let, let, uh, let me take a look here, if I can if I can bring it up. Oh, he must have injured him. Oh, hold on, hold on. Uh, I'll, I'll find out in a moment. In a moment. Um, okay. Yes, he pulled out because... Um, oh, he just retired? Yeah, the school says um, um, PCB. Oh my um, God! Novak Djokovic yes. out of tournament after okay. hitting a line with a ball. Oh, he may be have defaulted. Oh, yes. Karen, go find out. And okay, come back. I'm about. To, okay, hold on a second. Well, that will be footage. Um, Let me see what my unsportsmanlike conduct. What is this? What sounds like he got defaulted. him, but you know what? This is interesting. This means we will have a new champion at the U.S. Open. What an opportunity! <laughs> all right, all right. Now I'm going to have to go into my um. Okay, oh, wait a second here. I'm okay. going to have to go into my um. Into the into my log into my media stuff here because <laughs> uh, I. I'm, but I'm seeing people tweeting out some sports. I mean, well, sportsman like conduct. Uh, yeah, what is this? Woman. <laughs> oh goodness grief! <laughs> so we've been saying all this time, and hmm, look what happened. But you know, I was this coming downstairs to get ready to start this call, and I thought I should turn the tennis on so I have it going in the background so I could pay attention. And I thought, nah, it's Novak. He's gonna win, right? And I and I said, oh my goodness, I think I even he's been defaulted. He's been defaulted. And let me see Novak why Djokovic he's been defaulted. defaulted from, because he has hit after, a line woman with the ball. Oh, hitting the ball yeah, has been defaulted for hitting a ball in anger that hit a lines woman in the throat. And she fell to the court. Wow. Wow. Jokic just hit lines person. He's going to be defaulted. And yeah. he will be wow. fined. And he's yeah. going to be fined out of the world. And we will have a new U.S. Open champion. Yeah. I'm going to start watching tennis. Is this tennis. woman okay? Is this woman okay, yeah. Janina? Totally, you know what? You know what? It was totally accidental. You could see it. Yeah. I'm just looking at replay on the GIF. And he hit the ball like he was hitting it away from himself. It didn't even look like it was hit very hard. Wow. Wow. Uh, see, I'm not near my TV because I went into the library and a little oh, library. Oh, he did room he hit her. You could tell. You could tell. He just actually, well, you, know when, you know when you hit the ball as if you're getting rid of all your balls? Yeah. He hit the ball and she fell over. And did he do it in anger? Yeah, no. It doesn't look like it was in anger at all. 
actually. It wasn't aggressive was looking, huh? No. Oh, no, my gosh. He looks like he hit the ball as if he was walking away. It doesn't look like it was in anger. But you know, this issue came up earlier in the week. I don't know if it was at Cincinnati or in the earlier rounds here, where this happened where the person hit the ball, but it, it went into the stand and hit the person who was, was doing the camera. Well, and somebody he smashed the ball after losing his serve. But you know what? It didn't look like it was a smash. I mean, you probably have to look at within the context of it, but it really didn't look like that. This is wow. Well, actually, well, uh, this is the thing about the context. I think this is for the the context is for someone else to decide in terms of how we would judge him as a person. But the rules are clear. Once you kind of hit someone, yeah, I mean, it doesn't, doesn't matter because that's it what happened. Matter. That's um, what happened to, um, to Gasquet. Now Bandian, now Bandian, right? Now Bandian, and 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 it was by the player, and then it hit him. So default. Defaulted from the fourth round of the U.S. Open after hitting a line judge with the ball. Wow! Well, the U.S. Well, Open. Well, no, now Bandian actually hit the per, hit the thing in anger. He was yeah. enraged. The person in was still sitting and, on the chair. Yeah. But apparently, it, from the from the people that I trust who are tweeting, uh, like people I know from AP and those places, they say it looks like it was unintentional. He wasn't aiming at her or anything. No, yeah, it, was, it was completely from the view. It was completely unintentional. It's very clear. From from my view, it was just unintentional. But he's done that enough times that you have to just be so careful that you 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 can't do that. Okay, oh so <laughs> let's talk about this real time. What does this mean for the tournament to have Ooh. the number one player? Oh, he was hitting the ball away. Ooh. Oh, as far oh the number one player gone. Oh my goodness! I, I mean, that's a that's a devastating like blow, not just to the tournament. But to him, but he, to, was, he was going on unbroken. Yeah, he was going, he was going, going yeah, going for number eighteen, and but also to think about ESPN. Yep. <laughs> ESPN yep. is going to be like, oh man, we got to refocus a on the women. Champion, I mean, exactly. We got to refocus on the women. What's interesting, what's interesting about it though is that um, it also gives them an opportunity to focus on the newbies. This the young true. people who are building their relate, you know, because this is the first time we've had a couple of young players make it to the fourth round, right? So you've got mm -hmm. the two French boys making mm -hmm. it um, further. And so it was, no Novak Djokovic was the prohibitive favorite. And so now this is actually a wide open field yes, with lots true. of possibilities. Yeah, and just so long as Dominic's team don't win. Whew, that's <laughs> all I'm hoping for. <laughs> hey, the three Canadian men left. I mean, I need some black boy magic. <laughs> I mean, let let let's see. Felix, was it you that I Steven. said weeks ago that with the openness of the U.S. Open and we didn't know who was going to show up, that even TFO could win this tournament? <laughs> Karen, let us pray. <laughs> Because I'm here for it. I'm here for it. You better believe that. But oh, but this has been coming up a lot. This has been coming up a lot. Does the defaulting of the number one player means that this tournament finally gets the asterisk that everybody's been asking about? Oh, can only beat who's in front of you. I, you right. know, I, I'm on radio a lot talking about this. And in fact, even this morning, I was doing a couple of radio hits. 
And when it always usually comes up with the, the, the Serena Margaret Court thing. Yeah, Margaret Court played the Australian Open when they were like 56 players and all that. But you know what? She beat who was in front of her. And this year with 2020, no asterisk. Whoever wins, wins. Uh, you know, I, I'm always having to, to defend people about, um, about this because it's, it's like, who's ever in front of you? It is what it is. I hate to use that phrase. You win, whether someone's there or not, you win, you have the trophy, you're collecting the whatever. I agree. For a million dollars. I mean, I would say in terms of Margaret Court, we, we have to, the, the issue with Margaret Court is that Margaret Court won as a non-starter because we're counting Open when the Open Championship, and she only won 11 majors at that time. Oh, yeah. You want to say open era? Well, Serena right. by far, because she she's the open era queen. But that has all, but that has always been the conversation. Yeah. The conversation has always been about the open era. But I would say that I mean, like to some respect, we do have to say that this is, I mean, an asterisk to effect because it's it's like an event that took place during the war, right? Like when you have a world war, there was sport an event that took place. People just can't participate. So we count the majors in in, in my opinion as basically the best are coming together, the fittest, the best, et cetera, et cetera. And this, we do have, uh, we have that situation. Plus, we do have that, um, the, the athletes being on a very kind of uh, emotional and psychological strain and unusual. When when people are getting defaulted, not not nolly to say, but you know, like, oh, you can be in the tournament today, tomorrow, not so much. You know what I mean? Like when there's, when so many things are up in the air, about the whole tournament being executed. And also, I, one of the things I, don't, I haven't seen anyone spoke about is the fact that I don't even think a lines person should have even been on that court. When the majority of the courts that are being played, there are no lines person. So to me, all of a sudden, Ash and um, Armstrong has lines people. It, it, it seems to be, it's making an uneven um, tournament because yeah, they can... Well, yep. Well, Cincy, the quote-unquote Cincy at the U.S. Open, they didn't have lines people. And I guess all, yeah. perhaps the USDA thought, well, we have to have some lines people for the major. So, first of all, I want to say I just watched that video like five or six times. And y'all know I'm not a no-lay fan at all. At all. He didn't hit that ball in anger. I really don't no, think but, he did. But he hit the person, and therefore you're defaulted. I get but, it. But it's, I just see, wanted... Again, it's not even about the anger situation. It's the fact it that when, but, but when you're on court doing these kind of things, athletes are well aware that you just cannot walk away right, and hit that right. ball. And whatever I understand. I'm not, I don't disagree with that at all. But, and, I but mean... But and she hit... seemed that she was hit hard, too. I mean, no, not extremely hard. But she got hit in the face. But anyways... But the thing too, though, is that is a that is a thing everyone has done because he hit the ball to her and then turned away, which we've seen a number of player do. It's just that. And then when he looked, you could see that he was regretful on his face, like, oh, my God, I didn't mean to hit it at you like that. He hit, you know, he hit it away. So it's not one of those situations where you're like, oh, my God, I've read. And it was like he hit it in anger and it smacked her in the face. Yeah, he really did. No, didn't. no, I don't think it's anger, but it's just one of those things that I just felt bland. His person, his history, and it looked like he was having a conversation with someone beforehand. I don't think the history matters here. I think it's just that's the rule. No, I the history only really matters if you're Serena Williams. Let's be straight. <laughs> but also the history. Well, that's not matter. history. That's just race and gender. That's just but race and gender. History, the history of the hitting is just what it is. If you hit somebody with a ball, you have to be defaulted. And I think people are rationalizing in the moment because they realize, as Karen pointed out, 
you're about to lose your number one player. And that changes the dynamics of who might watch. But I think you might actually have more people watch now out of interest. Maybe you'll have your so, first American Grand Slam champ. Before we, before we let Karen go, because I know you want to jump off and get in there. Let me just ask one last question about mm -hmm. the U.S. Open in general. It seems to me that every single night when I turn on the TV, there are more and more people actually in the stands, stands watching. What's happening? I thought um, we weren't having anybody there. Well, the thing is, you have the players and some of their staff. Also, you have staff that are working at the U.S. Open. And some people at the end of the day are just going to sit in the stands to watch the tennis because okay. maybe they're off of work or, or whatnot. I mean, oh, you know, working around the grounds or, or, or whatnot. And there's some players who have basically hung out in their suites, the seated ones anyway, right. and yeah. just watching. The suites, yeah. And then yeah, especially. Could you do a quick explanation of the suites, Karen? Because I actually think that's a really cool perk. Okay. Well, of course, you all know how the U.S. Open has luxury suites and all that. And um, you could where they're doing could, everything but watching tennis. They're yeah, eating, exactly. Talking, you could you could live business. in there. They're bigger than a New York City apartment. They are. <laughs> they are, and they probably have better plumbing too. <laughs> 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 so only better who, food too. <laughs> oh, that's without the yeah. But anyway, so the top thirty-two seats on, on the men's and the women's, they each get a suite they can hang out in and whatnot for the remainder of their time in the tournament. Now, as seeds are disappearing, um, especially on the women's side, um, the next highest ranked player gets to move into a suite. So they're keeping Fun. those suites filled. So it's a nice little perk for them, which means that maybe uh, maybe not all the players want all the fans back next year. <laughs> <laughs> and they I can was come just out wondering. And tennis. They can just relax before a match instead of like having to hide out in the locker room. <laughs> I mean, I guess that's okay if all of these people are in the so-called not working bubble. Um, but I was just wondering, like, are you, like, you know, letting certain people in? You know, are you having, like, maybe a healthcare worker night or something since you want to put names on the back of shirts? But clearly every night the the crowd is bigger, even though it's still nothing. It's definitely bigger. And I was just like, something feels a little bit shady. <laughs> I but think, I, I, mean, I guess if it's everybody just out watching each other, that makes sense. And, and think about it fine. this way: when players get eliminated with singles, doubles, and they whatnot, can't go home. they can't go home. Is right. Yeah. They want to hang out and yeah. hang out and watch the tennis before they have to. Well, leave. maybe by the end we'll actually have a semi-fun uh, final with some people watching. That would be interesting. <laughs> Everyone well, will be there. I mean, it's, it's the it's hashtag I the like to use. Uh, there's a hashtag I like to use when big players get bounced. Hashtag ESPN is crying because, <laughs> <laughs> and I usually do it when a big seed loses. That, uh, that ESPN likes to focus on. You were saying, Andrine. Do you think that's really true, though? Because, I mean, think about it. There, we, let's be honest. The ATP side has been dying for a new champ. And yes, it's sad that Novak has been defaulted, but it's an extraordinary year. And now you basically have a bunch of young players left in the draw. And for a North American viewership, I think that could be very exciting. Yeah, this is true because technically right now there are four North Americans left. TFO plus the three Canadians. So yep. I mean, in my right now, in this moment, I am more excited about the U.S. Open than I've been 
at all. Now I want to see what happens. I know. I I'm in a state of shock. I cannot believe that that uh, Nola has been defaulted. Yes, Karen, we will let you go so you can find out. Feel free to share. But <laughs> thank you so much for joining us. Go get the tea and give yep. us the deets. Yep. Okay. Thanks a bunch, we guys. Back if at the end of the tournament, you know, if if uh, as we reflect on the U.S. Open that has happened, because it may be historic at the end. Serena's still yeah. in it. Come so. back and chat with us. Oh, I will. I will. Thanks again. For All that. right. Thanks, Karen. Right. Bye. Thank you, Karen, for being a part of our podcast today. And for folks who are listening, if you want to check Karen's workout, she is Tennis Panorama on Twitter, as well as I know there is a website where you can check out results. She's always covering um, all the tennis, particularly tennis in North America. She is, has her hands all around the, the country. So, ladies, did you watch any tennis this week? So, I have watched, I've watched more than I thought I was going to watch, but I definitely am not as engaged as as I will be in the coming week now that Novak's gone. Um, <laughs> I have not watched any Serena, which I'm not really sure why. It's like I keep missing it. She's not playing typically so much at a time where I can't see any of it. I watched Venus lose. That was stupid. Um, I did. I really enjoyed. Did either of you get to see any of Maxime Cressy and Stefanos Sissipas? Nope. Um, uh, well, I know that you've been following him for a while. How you know, it been? was a it was a pretty good match. I mean, Stefanos won in straights, but it was tight. Maxime had his chances, and he choked. Period. Um, when he gets those nerves under control, he's you know he'll he'll have a much better shot. Um, I think people expected him be, he's like 168 in the world, I think right now, expected it to be an easy cakewalk for Sissy Paz, and it wasn't. It wasn't at all. I personally thought that, I thought Maxime could get a set, but it needed to be the first set um, because he's a very emotional player. But I thought even if Sissy Pass ended up running away from the match. I figured the first set would be tight because how often do you see a servant volleyer um, consistently? Yeah, so, excited about that. Yeah. Um, so that that you know, Sissy Pass had to adjust to that. Um, so that was a fun. You know, it was fun to watch be, just because I've you know followed him and he's definitely grown. He's definitely got more growing to do. Um, if he actually put some weight on and got stronger, I think um, he, I think he, he was getting tired. It seemed like towards the end. So, but you know, he's young. He's twenty-two, I think. So, is it weight he need to get? I just get fit. Well, he's very thin. I mean, probably some of both. I more mean, when I say weight, I mean muscle. Yeah, 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 that's what I mean. More muscle, just get stronger in general. Um, I it was funny though. I saw a bunch of people on Twitter. They're like, "Oh, I feel like this is an American." I could like, God, please don't let him be racist. <laughs> you never know. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, the chances are, chances are. I mean, with the American men. Help us out. This cannot be the reputation of American tennis players. I at least on right? the so. My response is, I definitely don't think he's racist, but he's also French. So, 
that kind of matters. Um, um, I, was, um, I have to say that um, CC5, I think, I mean, I thought Janina was being, you know, like we didn't have a draw show, so I thought Maxine Cressy was her um, Christina McHale this year around, you know, like she's going to take the whole tournament. Maxine Cressy no. now. But I have to say, I did watch CC5, CC Pass, and Chorich put the, like, Oh God! I, before, I it got, saw that. before it got stupid, <laughs> apparently. And I, I didn't it. watch it, but I was live tweeting and watching you all watch it. And that madness sounded like it was a train wreck of magnificent proportion. But you know what's so funny about it now? Given the loss of Novak Djokovic, how wonderful is it that Chorich fought so hard, right? Right. So um, I watched up until set four. I was so extremely tired. I, um, oh my God, I was so tired. And when Borna started on the comeback trail, I was like, you know what, stop it. I'm too tired for five sets. Like, I can't do it. And I thought, I'm going to go take a bubble bath and, and relax. And it's going to wake me up a little bit. No, totally fell asleep in the tub. Well, I was cold and I was like, oh, let me just, you know, get ready for bed, whatever. And I was like, I got to go to bed. And honestly, I really thought I was going to wake up and Sissy Poss would have won. I really thought that. And I was shocked. I was like, wow. But, well, well, we'll see. I think everybody might play with a bit of renewed, um, uh, I don't know what word I want, excitement. Now that Novak's gone, they may feel like they have more of a shot than they had before. And that's okay. That's fine. I mean, everybody knows, every, even when you don't say it out loud, you know you know who how good you are and who you really have a, a good, good shot at, right? So a major player has just been taken out of that equation. So I think people people might play with a little more vigor. Um, so I before, before about 10 minutes ago when Novak got defaulted, I would have thought that Borda would fizzle out next round. Now I'm not so sure. Well, well, I mean, you know what? everybody needs legs now. Everybody's got to try. You got to get those legs going because how many chances do you have to have a tournament uh, without one of the big three and blocking you? Did, you? And you didn't have to work to get rid of that person, which is that you work for nothing. Where you do like Dominic team, right? You do all the heavy lifting and then you get to the final, and there is another one of these fools in the finals, and you can't get over that hump. <laughs> well, you know, so, apparently. I will say, and we're going to keep investigating this, but I just want to share this with the fans, and I've recently shared it with you two, that it was actually up to the supervisor to decide whether this was egregious enough for a full default. It's not automatic. Or for something else. If but, they pull um, some shit and say we were wrong and we're going to let you play and redo or pick up where we are, I quit. I will fucking quit tennis. Well, you never done. know because you know you know how we always say, you know, like for someone to win a major, if Rafa, like with in this, on the men's tour, that, you know, like you have to have like diarrhea, like the ending of the world. Well, we have it. It's a <laughs> pandemic. We had a pandemic and then with a pandemic, it's a <laughs> pandemic plus fate. Intervening. Yeah, oh, so basically, according to the rules, it says the referee, in consultation with the Grand Slam chief of supervisors, may declare a default for either a single violation of unsportsmanlike conduct or uh, a point penalty schedule set out above. The default is the decision of the referee, and that is final. You know what yeah, I mean? I mean, if you're going to take, take your number one player and you're going to default him for hitting a person 
with the ball, which is, that's fair. You can do that. It is within their right to do that. We all know that tennis rules are subjective. We have been, we have been through, I have read the rules. I know the rules. I have shared the rules. They are subjective. They're very subjective. And that piece that you just read us lets us know that, that, you know, solidifies what we've all always been saying, but I'm going to need this fine to be greater than $88,000 for someone yelling. Just saying. Oof, gosh. Um, I mean, let's, let's, let's see how egregious this is going to be. Cause I mean, listen, we know how this is going to go down with folks. People are going to say, how does this compare to threatening to shove a ball down someone's right. throat? And, and actually hitting someone in the face. If I'm not mistaken, well, you know, but to the tennis, I, I just want to say that, you know, I have to say that I am enjoying watching, watching tennis without the crowds. I mean, do I, I am feeling guilty? Yes, I am. Because, you know, particularly the U.S. Open. Let's be honest. U.S. Open, people don't, people don't shut up. People do not shut up at the U.S. Open. They just continually talk and talk. And but talk. I think that there are some players, like, honestly, so I thought that during that Cressy and uh, Pass match, if there would have been an American crowd there to get behind this young player who was given, you know, the number four seed a run for his money, I think that could have pushed him over the edge to get a set. Oh, I'm not okay. saying that he would have won, but I think player we know players are saying, I miss the crowd. They feed off of that energy. And we know that there is no other energy like the US Open at night. I mean, we might enjoy it, you know, but it's different. It it's different. You can't deny that. I mean and I think that there are certain players who really feed off of that energy. Novak being one of them, to be honest. But you know what I do enjoy? The interesting thing that I've noticed without the crowds is that I can really see these basic game of the players, right? This is who you really are, right? I'm sorry, we can't hear you, Andrine. What's that? The crowd can hide and disguise a lot, probably. Exactly. Now you're yeah. No, exactly. This, this is you in practice, basically. This is who you are without any wind or whatever, you know, the element. This is supposed to be where you can step up. And I've noticed some, some players are taking advantage of that. Or some other players are just not just not really cutting the mustard. Because when you look at um, that Tsitsipas and um, Chorich match, I was just like, I don't understand why Stefanos, you're still on the court with Chorich. Because Chorich is not doing anything to you. You are just engaging in this back and forth nonsensical game. And let me tell you something. This is why Federer is still here nearly 40 and Serena is nearly 40, and they're still always thinking they have a chance, Venus included. Because mm-hmm. these players, it's almost like they are logic to the baseline. It's almost like they cross the baseline to, in during a rally, they're going to die. Like There is tar, there's like a fire dragon across that line. They just continue to rally over and over and over and over again. And I'm just like, take command of the point. Dictate the point. Be in control of this match. But, and I think this is way the difference I'm noticing with Felix. I don't know how Felix would react in a crowd. I'm, I'm not, I wasn't even so much impressed with the Murray match because, you know, someone put Murray in his place. Boo, you need to be home relaxing and saving your hips. But I it's the next match that he played. I appreciated, that he, I appreciated that he treated Murray exactly the way he should have been treated. Uh, exactly. I mean, I'm not going to say to no to that. But the, it's the next match he played against the French guy, Moet that I thought he played exceptionally well. That's when I saw something. And I was really impressed. I have to say I've been impressed by Francis Tiafoe because there was a moment I'm just like, 
Francis is going to give us the old okey-doke, right? He's going to fizzle out in the fifth set. He's going to fizzle out in these chances, but he's been holding his own and moving, and he's been moving through. So he has a new coach, Wayne Ferrer, and he's doing well. So I've been really enjoying the tennis with no crowd, I have to say. But, you know, all of this nonsense about Black Lives Matter in the background, and we're not seeing this, and there's like, I, I hate the superficial effort of trying to bring some kind of message when the players can't even say anything. So, and no one's educating the players actually. So. I do want to say that I did listen to Noah Rubin's Behind the uh, Racket podcast, and I recommend that you listen to that and get a better sense of what that meeting was all about, what happened, what didn't happen. Meeting and, in the PTPTA, PTPTA. Yes. 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 Um, the most, the biggest the thing biggest. that I took away from that was Noah said, you know, we can't get any information from anybody about this pandemic, about any of this stuff. And, but every year at the Australian Open, um, the ATP will hunt you down to sign your yearly contract. And in it, it says that you can't protest and you can't boycott. I don't understand why nobody's talking about that. I've, I just, I don't, I don't get that. You have an ATP player telling you that the, everyone signs a contract saying they won't do this. Now we're seeing it happen. And of course the ATP isn't telling them don't do it because then they look like assholes. What are you going to say? Stop it. You can't, you can't speak up for that because then they look like the bad guy. And I, you know, it is what it is, but I cannot believe that that isn't a piece of buzz. So, but, but but you have to consider the people who are actually coming tennis for the most part, the big wigs, right? They're not interested in this kind of, in those sort of issues. They they yeah. don't even know to well, articulate those things correctly. And I I did reach out to Noah, but he didn't get back to me. So I hear well, you. We, we Karen, might, is, but, Karen is back with us. So yes, let's, I'm back. Let some, me just. Well, um, I'm still Give waiting for the official word from the USTA. They haven't issued anything yet. That's what everybody's waiting on. Something tells me they want to get all their ducks in a row to have a complete um, uh, release, uh, news release. Yep. That's yep. my. That's what I think. Is so Novak is he not do press? Excuse me. Is Novak going to do press? No, he just left. He left the grounds. Well, so he has. He has um, he's going to be. I think right, I read that said he'll be fined yeah. twenty thousand for not doing. Press. Yeah, that's usually what it is. Um, yeah, because actually, just for a moment, about five minutes ago, I saw some video of him getting into a car and leaving. So wow. he's gone. Mm-mm-mm. Well, there goes all of his US Open money then. That's all of his US Open money. Because he, you know, <laughs> that's it. <laughs> well, I think this round, what is this round you get? About 400,000? I can't remember. Nah, he doesn't need 300,000, you know, eh, something like that. He doesn't need the damn money. Well, you know, that's where we are. Yeah, um, we appreciate it. Uh, he's gonna need been... the look, though. I mean, he's gonna need the look. I mean, yeah. because all for the press, he should have at least come to press and you know issued a public apology to say. Well, we know that Novak is a hothead, so we know that you know, he's probably and... stunned. I mean, think about it. He's stunned. I mean, yes, he's angry. I'm sure he's angry, but he's stunned. When does this yeah. happen in a major? Mm. But you don't drop the bag, though. You don't drop the bag. You don't Has drop the bag. Has this ever happened in a 
major? I have to go look up, look it up. Has it ever happened in a major? Oh, Probably not for not number one the number player. One player. Because, but I, yeah. I think um, Gasquet was was um, defaulted out of Wimbledon. Um, so these things have happened before at majors. And that situation with Serena at the... Um, but she wasn't defaulted. She wasn't defaulted. She was a point penalty, and then it was on match point. Yeah. That was the issue. Um, with the, I'm speaking of 2009 incident, when that happened between... Right, 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 right. But still, you know... Which, I'm sorry? 2020... 2020 continues to do what it does. Listen, I don't even care. I don't know what's going on 2020. Please, when do, when do the aliens arrive? Let's just fast forward. <laughs> I can't with 2020. <laughs> my, my child keeps telling me that they're coming. He may, have, he may be onto something. <laughs> he may be well, in communication listen, with them. I'm, he I'm may be. Afraid. I mean, like Andrine said, 2020, it just, it all keeps happening. So I'm not, I'm not counting anything out at this point. But you let's go what, ahead. I'm going buy a lotto ticket this week you, you know, know what I, I think i am too damn it <laughs> the odds are in your favor but watch it's gonna be the time when everyone wins the lotto right and you only get a dollar <laughs> that would be one cruel joke all right well let's wrap it up let's um let's you know just kind of stay tuned Thanks, and see Karen, how this all plays out again, Karen. yeah I mean, Karen. Karen was here but did we are we going to close out with her top six yeah. Oh, yes, yes. My top six. Now, um, most of these players are gonna, that I'm going to name are people who are no longer playing. We don't because, care. Because um, I don't want to I don't want to be uh, biased. But, you know, uh, I, in general, though, I always kind of like the serve volleyers, but also some of the creative folks. Okay. Um, all right. One that's going to be an oddball. Uh, Ali Rokas. <laughs> I don't oh know. my I gosh! Really... Doesn't I... he do that weird thing where he spins the ball before he serves yes, it? Yes. Oh <laughs> Jesus! That he's such a weirdo. Yeah, you're right. That's an oddball, all right. <laughs> but he was—he's he, probably not much taller than I am, and um, <laughs> yeah, he's a little guy. But he gives Federer nightmares, him. though. I could the see Rokas brothers. <laughs> but you know what? He's very nice. Yeah, he's always been. He had always been nice to me when I had a gallery. Nice. And um, also, too, he always seemed to get into five set matches, especially the U.S. Open and Beyond Court. Oh, Ali's in the fifth set. Got to run over. Got to run over. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Of course, uh, I have to say the person who actually made me a tennis fan, and that was Guillermo Vilas, um, because the first tennis match I ever saw, I was a little kid. The last Forest Hills, I mean, U.S. Open played Forest Hills. Um, and he beat Jimmy Connors in an upset. And um, his the fans ran that down onto the court to pick him up and carry him around like a bullfighter. You know what I mean? It, and <laughs> after that, I got hooked for tennis. And my, we can't my do that dad, anymore. We can't do I that know, anymore. I know. But it was just so, <laughs> so amazing to see. And he's the reason why I'm a huge tennis fan. Of course, my dad had influence in that. But uh, and I'm still a big old Vilas fan. You can ask my husband. <laughs> um, okay, other players. Um, Ivan Gulagong. Um, yeah, and because the thing is, people don't think about this, but she was a person of color, and she was at the time, I guess, the closest person that I could identify with. 
And this was when I, you know, really little. I was like six and seven. I even had her sneakers, believe it or not. She oh, wore wow. sneakers. Yes, <laughs> yeah. I had. Wow. She, had a, she was Adidas sneakers, and I had them. And yeah, I did. Um, Lena. Uh, oh. I, I also loved her covering her because in press she was hilarious. I I, I miss her dearly. Um, Goran Ivanisevic. Now, Irvin Volley are there, but he's just, a, he's nutty as can be. A man with so many different personalities, it just made me I, laugh. Listen, I just like to look at him. <laughs> <laughs> the older he gets, the better looking he gets. That man is beautiful. We're going to the U.S. Open right now, so. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, and um, let me see. Oh, yes, a couple more. Um, well, they're both still playing, but. I like them anyway, and we'll say Francesca Schiavone because she's mine. Back off, back off, Karen. She's all mine. <laughs> Franny is mine. We yeah, and I, I don't share. <laughs> but um, Karen, do you know anything about her health at this time? Excuse me. Her yeah. health. I know she was going through. She's actually supposed to be playing this Prague Challenger this week. Really? If I'm not mistaken, I think I'm. Not, I have to check it out. But I know she was in the draw for some tournament coming up. Um, but, um, I'll have to check that, but yeah, she's, she's gotten, yes, yeah, she's better now. She was dealing with, um, cancer. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm happy that she's back and she's better. Um, oh, um, and one other person who is still playing and I'll just say it anyway, cause I love her as a player and as a person in press, Svetlana Kuznetsova. Karen, Karen, yeah. listen, Karen, we have a problem. Sveta <laughs> is my favorite all the time. I love her as a player. She was one of the first names that I ever knew how to pronounce correctly. I feel like I've grown up with her, but also she's hot AF and she can get it. So I, you can't, you can't have Franny and you can't have Sveta. No, 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 no. I love her when she does media because she doesn't care. I mean, she, people will ask her, like, I'll give an example. Uh, at a tournament, um, I won't say which one, someone who doesn't normally cover tennis is asking her how she got started, right, playing tennis. She's like, listen, I don't have time for this. Just go Google it and find out. I have better things to answer. <laughs> oh, my God. You know, that sounds about, you know what? I wish that people would um, take advantage of her a little bit more and press for her goofy side because I really think that if you're like, you know, what's your favorite rap song right now and perform it, she would. And like, yeah. we don't get to see that side of players. She totally would do it. Oh, yeah, she and would. Karen, get her. I remember being impressed with her when um, someone asked her, oh, what's what's in your iPod now? Or what are you listening to? And she goes on for 10 minutes about what she's listening right. to. Right. Yeah, she's good for stuff like that. But I'm still not sharing. But <laughs> <laughs> with Betha, she can beat anybody, but she can lose to anybody, too. Yeah, that um, is we, true. We don't talk about that. But I, I, I love how Charlotte Kate always come up like Sweater just dug into the bottom of a barrel at home and be like, I'm wearing this today. I don't care. I just have a mask and wear whatever. <laughs> One day she's looking fly, but she never looks, she always looks fly off the court. If she got to go some way, yeah, she... Remember after she won the, the French Open, the outfit, she was wearing this white outfit. It yes. was really nice. I was like, wow, Sveta girl, you can dress up. Yep. <laughs> yeah, she's she's gorgeous. And she can dress better than all of your faves. I don't care. Serena, oh, Maria, she can... She can, she can 
She can dress them down. She can. <laughs> but thanks again, Karen, for coming and spending an afternoon with us amidst this breaking news of ATP Grand Slam COVID tennis. This is why this event should have never happened in the first place. Oh. Y'all should have been home, <laughs> chilling, and minding your business. And none of this would have happened. All your Grand Slam would have been saved. Your records would have been saved. But no, y'all mean to try to spite Federer. Of course, it's all about Federer. I mean, well, you see what I, happened? While we have it here, let me read the final official statement on the default of Novak Djokovic. In accordance with the Grand Slam rulebook, following his actions of intentionally hitting a ball dangerously or recklessly within the court or hitting a ball with negligent disregard of the consequences, the U.S. Open tournament referee defaulted Novak Djokovic from the 2020 U.S. Open. Because he was defaulted, Djokovic will lose all ranking points earned at the U.S. Open will be, and will be fined the prize money won at the tournament in addition to any or all fines mm. levied. I just see that in my email now, too. Yeah. Well, well, well. He will get a bigger fine than Serena. I'm fine with it then. <laughs> wow, that's a lot of money. So that's you lose a lot of money. Because he's and in the plus, fourth round. And plus he's um, going to be fined for the, for, the, um, for the no press. Yeah, he gets that plus he's, if he's not getting any money, that's like no uh what three hundred thousand, three hundred fifty thousand dollars that you get for getting to the fourth round. No money for that. No <laughs> Well so no Nolan, guess what? You won Cincinnati, and that has always been a I'm sorry. So basically it cost Novak money to come to the US. <laughs> yeah, the the forty thousand dollars you had to do, rent the house. Yeah. Ugh. So, you know. But... Let me tell you something. ATP, watch out. This is going to steam Novak up even more so. Get what, out of Noli. his people. He will be motivated. Can he, he, Can he even leave the United States at this point? No, he has to quarantine. But let's be honest, y'all. This, get out of Novak's way at the French. That's all I got to say. Yeah, that's right. He'll be not not really as long as Rafa has blood in his body. Let me tell you oh, something. Yeah. Not that's as long true. That's true. Rafa's got the red clay in the veins there. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. This is why Rafa has been waiting for a come through. But Noli, at least you want Cincy, and that has always been ticklish for you to get to. So there's yeah. always Cincy in New York City. So technically, you want the U.S. Open. U.S. Open light. <laughs> you want the U.S. Open light at Cincinnati well, in New York. This is, this is technically what he usually does to Federer. He's like, Federer, you have Cincy. I'll take the U.S. Open. This year, COVID said, you have Cincy. I'll take you out instead. <laughs> wow. <laughs> All right, guys. It's been interesting. So we shall see. We shall what see. What would happen. And we'll be back next week. And maybe next week we can have a live event. Whenever the tennis gets yes. around to finishing. Maybe. And the fans getting on the action. So the thanks again, Karen, for being with us. Oh, and no problem. I mean, who knows what's going to happen? I think a meteor is going to happen in next Wednesday. Yes, everyone, take cover. But in the meantime, <laughs> don't forget to rate us and review us on iTunes. Tweet at us. Thank you, special guest Karen, who is at Tennis Panorama. Is it Tennis Panorama News? I'm sorry. I should Tennis know. Panorama. And uh, the uh, Twitter is Tennis News TPN. That's it. Tennis yeah. news at tennis news TPN. Ter Karen has um she's she'll engage you. She's chatty like we are, can't you tell? <laughs> <laughs> you can definitely follow her and tweet at her and she would get you an M plus as you can see she has special access. She gets the email. Ooh. She's in the Zoom meeting. <laughs> <laughs> All 
All right, guys. Next time. All right. Take care. Ciao, ciao. Ciao.